like. Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa. You know me, the incompetent, untrained psychotherapist. Well, I, I don't know. That's kind of really like, I don't know about incompetent. It's very self, uh, you know, effacing. That's the self-effacing part of me. I'm really fucking good at it, okay? So <laughs> shut the fuck up. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in to Radio Free Brooklyn, which is the greatest radio station in the Western Hemisphere, because I've listened to all of them. And you know what? I got I got to You're going to be the first to hear this. OK, we're thinking I think we're going to be having a birthday party soon for the station. It's going to be eight years in May. So if I were you, I would sign up for that mailing list right now if you want to find out about it and you want to get invited because at Radio Free Brooklyn, we have the most kick ass parties, you know, and you can come and meet all the hosts and shit like that. It's going to be so good. All right, let me tell you who's on today. I have this, um, you know what, I was going to say, he's really, he's got a great taste. He's got great, I've had, you know what, everyone I've had on lately actually has great style, great style of their own. By the way, I always dress like shit because the reason I dress like shit is because I don't, I want every, I want to feel relaxed, but no matter how my guest comes in, I want them to feel relaxed. So if I don't put on any makeup or whatever, then, you know, we're cool, right? I don't have, you know, that's how I, that's how I roll here. So I want to tell you about uh, Kelsey, uh, Kelsey Warren, before I, I bring him on. I'm going to make it, I'm going to make an attempt at this. So Kelsey, his band or his, his musical his musical entity is called Black Emoji, and that's spelled B-L-A-K-E-M-O-J-I. Um, if you want to go to his website, that's blackemoji.com. His Instagram is black, B-L-A-K, dot emoji. But I, I suggest we're going to play some of his music, but I suggest you go check it out because it's, it's, really, it's really good. It's also really, I think it feels really complex. Like this guy, this guy, Kelsey, knows his shit. That's what I'm telling you. Um, He has representation. He's been doing this a long time. He's a full-time musician. No no bar jobs, not or at least not anymore. We'll find out. I bet there's a bar job in his history. I bet this guy has, has served has been paid for ser- serving liquor at some point in his life. <laughs> but anyway, um, he is, uh, I'm just going to read this, okay? Black Emoji is the brainchild of New York City producer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist Kelsey Warren, blending pop inspirations with an emphasis on electronic music, synth sounds, and intricate writing, Kelsey's, Sonic Dream is brought to life. He was gr- immersed in soul, R&B, and pop music growing up in South Jersey. After learning piano concertos, jazz guitar standards, drums, and other instruments, Warren became addicted to hip-hop, punk, 
minimalist classic, which personally I think doesn't go together, which is so special, right? He's he's agreeing with me. He's supplemented his ever-expanding musical taste with a love, love of electronic music and synth inspiration from craft work to prints to NIN. And we're going to be hearing uh, music from his album called, uh, what? Oh, it says, okay, I'm, Ele- Eclectro. I love that name. E-C-L-E-C-T-R-O. So that's the, but let's let's talk to him and, and, and see what his deal is first. <laughs> okay, Kelsey, how was that intro? That was great, thank I'm you. I'm in a weird mood today. <laughs> weird I'm in good. such a weird mood. I don't know what it is. Weird is cool. I think I'm just really glad I got through the week. This was like, you know. Crazy week. Yeah, just a lot of ups and downs. Um, so anyway, um, so you you have a deep history, deep training, deep understanding in in music. Is that is that is that right? What's what's your background in music? Like, how did you how did you learn there was music? Mm-hmm. How did you learn I want to make the music? What was like the beginnings of mm-hmm. of Kelsey the musician? <laughs> um. I think the beginning stems when supposedly my mother said that I cried a lot as a kid. You know, that's, that's what she said. Um, mm-hmm. but <laughs> well, but you're obviously, yeah, yeah, that. you know, you're yeah. obviously too tough. For uh, that, I was but. a baby, baby, but uh, apparently the only way that she could shut me to fuck up was to put headphones on my head. Wow. So that was the beginning. <laughs> just put the headphones and I would sit and just listen to music and then fall asleep. The beginning of you being manipulated by women, you mean? That too. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really cool. So your mom was into music. Um, Would you say? She was into music, but not like... Not like you, but like what kind of music she saw the power in it. What kind of music did she play, do you think? Oh, man. My mom was into a lot of, you know, adult contemporary and pop Crappy stand. music she played for you. Not, no, I wouldn't say crappy. Pop. A lot of, you know, and a lot of just classic soul, you know, Diana oh. Ross and uh, oh. Gladys Knight. She loved, Bar- oh. she loved Barbara Streisand. Okay. And she loved Johnny Mathis. So oh, that's, okay. Yeah. Okay. Much better than my folks. That's real music. That okay. is real music, yeah. Okay. So uh, she, she had good taste in music. I listened to all of them except for Johnny Mathis, yeah. <laughs> I like Johnny Mathis. Yeah, it's just not my, not my thing. But, <laughs> not, uh, not a whole album, though. No, goodness, no. <laughs> And respect. He's an amazing respect, respect, amazing singer. So much. It's not not my vibe. Um, okay, so your mom played a lot of music for you. Um, yes. So you think it kind of got and those that's quality music. It got. Um, did did they take you to see any music or? Um, I went to a few shows with my mom. I, I don't remember, but like many, like as a child. Uh, no, I didn't really see a lot of concerts as a child. I didn't start seeing shows more until I was like a, you know, like a teenager and I would mm-hmm. go with my, my friends. Mm-hmm. And stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember my sister took me to sing, see a cool in the gang at like a fair. Are you kidding? <laughs> That's so awesome. That was cool. I remember that. So your sister, so how many kids in your family? There are three, uh, me, the youngest, my sister Colette, who unfortunately passed away oh, a couple of years ago. So fuck cancer. And, uh, my oh. brother, Craig, Craig Lee. And where are you in the lineup? I'm the spoiled baby. Ah, the baby, the yes. creative one. Yeah. And 
so your sister, your older sister took you to see cool. She was into music. Yeah, it was, it was kind of like everybody was, you know, my sister was more into a lot of the pop standard stuff, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. cheesy stuff and Manhattan transfer. Oh, and yeah. then, uh, Barry Manilow. She oh, loved Barry Manilow. Oh, she was, no. a, she was a fan of No, she was a hardcore, know. hardcore fan of And my brother was, into more like jazz fusion and oh. you know alternative rock you know my brother got me into chili peppers and fish, oh. fishbone oh. and and my sister was you know very mellow but uh so you, so you got a pretty wide range of influences ab- i mean absolutely like as, a, as a kid and the whole underlining thing where everyone came together was you know the soul and funk mm-hmm. r&b you know it was always parliament and prince and in uh, the time and stuff like that where it was you know, everybody was into. Yeah. Some dance parties I'm picturing. Oh, yeah. Fun stuff. Uh, Great cookouts. So you were really brought up. So your whole family enjoyed music. Yes. And did, are there any other musicians in your family or just you? Just me. You're the one that really like got into it. And you must have started, how did you start playing music? I started playing drums to Earth, Wind and Fire records. Oh, that's terrible. Your poor mother. You started on the drums? It was never How old were you? I was five years old. Holy crap. So did how did where'd you get the hold of a drum set? Ah, shit, I don't know. My mom bought me set. Beg did you ask <laughs> no, specifically? I don't remember doing that. What parent would just randomly buy their child a drum set? A, a cool ass parent. She knew that I liked drums and she got me a set and it was like I never it was never one of those things where I never had a parent that didn't, that told me not to play or you're too loud, you know? Shout out to your mom. The arguments were like, mom, you're watching me practice, but she always just pushed me to just pursue playing. Wow. What a, what a, what a, what a great, great thing. What a shout out mom. Yeah, no, yeah. File of Orange. She's, she's the best. Yeah. She got, you know, and same with guitar. You know, she would, uh, I would, rehearse in my room for hours and hours and then i would look at the door and then she would be there I'd be like mom get away you know and uh she got a lot out of seeing your talent and jo- seeing how you were connected to the music yeah, right absolutely now she so do you remember playing when you were five did you play a, did you get the drum set and that that was it did you get like immediately attached to it or did it take some was it like, oh, drums, yes? Yeah, it was. It was like, oh, drums, yes. And I just couldn't stop playing and, uh, you know. Playing to music that you yeah, were mainly, listening to? Or mainly Earth, Wind and Fire. Something about, I mean, I love everything about Earth, right. Wind and Fire. The, right. the writing, the musicianship, uh, you know, the, the depth of the whole spiritual thing, everything about them. But something about the drums of their music and the beats just made, gravitated to me wanting to drum with Earth, Wind, and Fire, and try to try to hold up as a five-year-old. I love that. I bet they would too. So let's start with one of your songs, so people can get an idea of what your music is like. Uh, we have. Um, do you want to tell us? I think we're going to play "Last Night Lost" cool. from your album. Tell us. Tell us about it. Tell us a little bit about the album. Give us. Give us the backstory. Awesome. Uh, "Last Night Lost" is the current new single. From the album Electro, it was uh, Electro came out about I think maybe a year and a half ago, 
mm-hmm. independently. Mm-hmm. Um, I am now signed to ECR Music Group, and they're freaking mm-hmm. awesome. And they they're doing a thing where they're re-releasing uh, key titles of my of my catalog, and mm. this is the second release that they just re-released literally about a week and a half ago. It's in a deluxe edition. So there's extra tracks. It's re-sequenced. It's remastered. It sounds bigger. And what does better. last night lost mean? Like who, who is that? A, is that about a chick or something? <laughs> it's inspired by that and not, a, but it's never really about that. Isn't it? It's just like the beginning of it. Um, no, there's certain there songs that like, are written about a specific person. Okay. This Absolutely. one is not though. No. This oh, is just right. a date. Well, I'm going to give you a pass on this. Yeah. I'll, it's, I'll, 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 it's for everybody. I'll, I'll dig in on something else. We'll get you on another thing. <laughs> I'll make you uncomfortable. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So.
Yay! That was I love that song. Thank I just you. love it. What what so what you were singing, you were what were you doing? Like you wrote the song, I understand that, but what did what did you play? Like how was the song made? I played everything in that song. That's what I thought. That's yes. crazy. Thank you. And did and you mixed it all, you did the whole thing yourself? Um yeah. Mm-hmm. How that about song. that guys? Can you believe it? He just does that. <laughs> uh, no, it's very, I mean, it's impressive, right? Yeah, it's sure, it's very impressive. Thank you. So one of the things that, uh, you know, I can't say this about every musician, but you are, you seem very educated about music. You you have studied music. I mean, there's a lot of, you don't have to do that to be successful, but right. you have gone down that road. You really seem to understand all the equipment, the technical stuff. Um, you've, you occasionally get hired to do, produce somebody else's, oh, you know, quite often, or yeah. quite often yeah. you, you really know your shit and yeah. you know all, and you know how to play all the instruments. Like that's insane. So is that, I'm saying a lot of it is through education, but did you feel like you had, um, did you study music? Did you study this a lot? Yeah. Um, did you like major in music? Um, I did major in, in music. I majored in a, a lot of different things in college, but it was always music and something, whether it was, uh, I think my last major was a classical vocal at University of Miami. I studied jazz guitar. Um, I studied composition in, in uh, high school. High school? A lot of uh, minimalist classical type stuff too which wow. i love in in high school yeah and where where did you go to high school eastern high school in new jersey in south jersey like a public school yeah south jersey don't hold that against me yeah that's a nice school that must have been a nice public school it was it was it, it's really interesting because i don't really know the climate with music in school these days anymore i know with middle schools and in high school but uh I got lucky. And did you have a lot of friends who were also into music? Absolutely. Like, that's always been your life. Do you feel like that? Well, you know, I had my, my crew, my crew of people. And it was like you did. six or seven of us that were just music geeks and you know, listened to everything from classical to hip hop to metal. You know, we, that was just us. That's and what we did. Did you play in bands and stuff? Yes. All I that shit? Played in the school band and... Yeah, yeah. How old were you when you came to New York? When I came to New York, I was, geez, I don't know, I was 25, uh, I like think, Like after or six. college kind of thing? Yes, yes, yes. And did you, were you like always like, I'm going to be a musician, I'm going to New York? Like it just seemed like that's, there was n- there weren't any like other ways to think about it? No, that was it. It was go to New York or LA and uh, I went to University of Miami for college and basically I moved here. I was like, this is it. You know, I did everything I could do at, at the time in Miami as far as what I was doing musically. And I was like, I'm going to move to New York and be a big rock star. And eh, that didn't happen. No, well, <laughs> you know, you're making a living. That's huge. So, so, I mean, you're a musician, you're, you're a living, you know, you're making a living. Is, so when you got here, what was that like? 
What it year was, was it? Can I ask? It was a. Oh no! Late oh, you 90s. don't have to answer that. I'm so old. I'm older than you. <laughs> I'm in my sixties. Well, you do not look. You do. You do not 60s. look that at all. Yeah, would I'm older than you, baby. Would not have known. He's a cute guy, by the way. Oh, thank you, Kylie. <laughs> he's like now. He's all embarrassed. <laughs> Now he loves it. No, but it's true. You know that. Uh, so anyway, um, uh, so you moved here, and yes, then what late happened? Nineties. It was. Uh, In I the nineties. Okay, there we got it. I 90s. loved it here, but it was. Um, it was kind of like fucked a up. yeah, it was. It was a slap in the face. It's be- fucked up here. It was, but I had yeah. so many good times back then. But it was a a thing where it was a. Uh, I think at the time in Miami, like I really stood out uh, and I was kind of put on a pedestal uh, in Miami and I moved here and it's like, man, you're just like everybody else. You're not special. No I one cares. Know. So it's like start. It was, it was starting over. Humbling. It's very humbling. Did it, did it change your view of, of yourself and your role in the world? It must have Absolutely. been like crazy. Absolutely. There are uh-huh. things that I, never experienced before and then uh like what comes to mind i think that i definitely became a tougher person here mm-hmm. uh, mentally <laughs> you definitely too. did because otherwise you'd be crying right now yes yes you wouldn't be here there was a yeah. lot of you know i think i was naive to certain things and moving here was like um you know at first i was a loner probably for like the first two years and then uh-huh. You know, I started getting more confident and more into, you know, whatever scene, uh-huh. a lot of the club scene. Uh, where, where were you hanging then? Lit. Lit, lit was my lounge. Lit lounge okay. was my cheers. That's Lower East Side. Yes. It okay, used, we're talking Lower East Side. Yeah. Lower East Side was my my. So you were a Lower East Side. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Those were the good old days. You guys missed it. Get out of your basement. Get out of your basement. (laughs) Yes. Uh, No, you know what? In in all in all due respect, Bushwick has a. I mean, I live in Bushwick. There's a lot of cool shit happening here. I hear. I hear. Yeah, there is a lot of cool shit happening here. Uh, Okay, so can you do you remember your first gig? Um. Yes. I played at a club called the uh, my first gig in New York. Yeah. Yes, it was a club called the Spiral, and they were dicks. I remember them being super mean. Um, or was it Pyramid Club? It was either Spiral or Pyramid, and neither was a good experience at really? all. Really, like dicks. It was awful. Like, like what? Like Just what? Just mean. And I'm coming off of like you know on some. I, I'm coming from South Florida on some hippie shit. Like, yeah, let's all get along. And they're like, you got 15 minutes to play. And your set is like 17 minutes. I'm like, wait, what? You know, it was, it was just, it hardcore. was, there, yeah. it was hardcore. hardcore. Yeah. Those are hard. So did, did you have a band that you were playing with then or just on your own? I had a band. Um, were you the lead? I was. Okay. Yes, so that's yes. a lot. That's a lot of has- hassle. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, again, it was all humbling. There are some clubs in the beginning, which I did not understand. I didn't understand that mentality. I, I still kind of don't, unless somebody's coming in with an attitude. But, um, yeah, you know, you get to play better clubs later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, at least I can say I was here when mm-hmm. CBGBs was still around. And, and I, you played CBGBs. I got to play CBs a few That's times. Cool. Always a great experience. I've performed there as a, yeah. as a, 
Yeah, as a, oh, cool. more, a, a Dr. Lisa, but nice. Um, that was a great place. Worst bathroom in the world, but coolest rock club. Yeah, it's a great rock club. Classic. It was a great club. So, um, yeah. Where else did you play that you had good memories of? Um, Mercury Lounge, which is a club I still play. Yeah, that's a good place. That's a great place. Yeah, that's a great place. That, yeah. It's still, it's still there for a reason. I would say, um, you know, I had a lot of great shows that uh coming up at Arlene Grocery. Oh yeah, yeah. Pianos. Arlene. Yeah. You know. Those scene. are good places. They were all they were all good places. That must have been, yeah. That's yeah. so are you I know you're touring now. Are you still playing around a lot or what yeah. oh you are? Okay. Yeah, we just played a hard rock cafe like two weeks ago, I think. Mm-hmm. But bigger ven are you still play bigger venues now or no, Mercury Lounge? We, uh, okay, because I want to yeah. see you live. That's what Thank I'm you. saying. And we wanna know. We will, we will definitely be back. Because uh, you're traveling now, right? You're going um, to L.A. soon. And yeah, L.A., like San Francisco. So those gigs yeah, are Yeah, yeah. Well, when you Coast. come back, I'm going to post. Let me know. I'll post the schedule. Thank you. And I want to come. I would love for you to come. Thank you. Um, when you. But now when you play, how many people is on stage? Four. Uh-huh. Four people. And it's, it's your band. And, yes. and have you been playing with the same four people for a while? Um. Like the same three people usually. Same <laughs> um, three people. Yeah. So our, our drummer Max Maples, um, he's in Brooklyn. Incredible drummer, great person. Uh, Haley Lamb, uh, main main keyboard player. She's a, a Manhattanite like me. Just a, a wizard on the keys. Super sweet. Um, and uh, we kind of have like a rotating bass <laughs> bass thing. Um, Dave mm-hmm. Lowenthal, who's amazing. Uh, Marcel did our last show. Mm-hmm. Um, who mm-hmm. else? But you got like you got a core group. Yeah, and we're all Good. family. They're all going to LA too. Um, no, the no, LA shows get... are just me. Oh, oh yeah, oh, I do solo okay. shows. Too. Oh, okay. Uh, so let's talk about how you got into music and how you figured out. One of the things that, uh, guys, listen, one of the things that's really interesting about Kelsey, and I know this because I did all the research on him, I did, but the thing is, is that he really, he's got a real entrepreneur bent in his personality, which is, I believe, part of why he's successful. I mean, do you think that's true? Um. I guess to an extent. Yeah, like you learned how, like when when Garage Band came out, oh, you yeah. started, you you got on that right away, and you were able to do the whole thing on your own. And I've read about you playing at all kind times of night and in the park. You're like compulsive about this yeah, shit. That, I'm still like that. And you talk about um, you're very aware of um, what I was reading about you was that you really know. You're very aware of the marketing, which is very important. Don't make fun of it, folks. I'm all about the marketing. You have to be and, these days. And yeah. and you can tell you can tell like um you you really get the subtleties of how a let's say a track lands with the public when it goes out and what what makes it better and or what you know, what the factors are affecting the success of things, the timing. All that stuff, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you're big on. I mean, I mean, I think that I bet that's why people probably want to work with you because you're really smart about this shit. It helps. I mean, I feel like it's a sink or swim 
thing. I mean, times are different. There's people that are doing it way better than me. And I'm like, wow, trying to keep up with them. But at least I look at that and I'm like, okay, maybe this needs to be stepped up and that needs to be stepped up. But, uh, you know, it's great to be an artist. It's great to be, you know, all about your craft and hone in on your craft, hone in on your skills and make the best music or write that best, write the best book or, you know, kick ass yeah. on stage as a comedian. You need to mm-hmm. do all that. But it's almost like you're a tree in a forest if you don't mm-hmm. really pimp yourself in a way or put yourself out there or get people behind you to really mm-hmm. to let people know that this is out. Mm-hmm. You're kind of if you unless you just want to make music in your bedroom, which is cool. No disrespect. Then make the music in your bedroom. But if you're trying to make the music mm-hmm. in your bedroom or on or at a studio or anywhere and you want to release it, you have to make you, you're a product. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. for yeah. better or worse, some people don't like to hear that, but y- you are. Yeah. And so you, you take, you take pride in that. Which oh, absolutely. You should. I don't, I, there's, I have to tell you the, you got a photographer to do great. Like even the photographs are spectacular. You have like really original, you had a really great photographer. Do. Yes. Jeremiah Cumberbatch does a lot of my uh, photos and he's, he's amazing. I just, it's kind of like we have like a Batman Robin thing. Yeah, good, on. good graphic yeah. design. Everything looks like quality. Everything yeah. about what you do says quality to me, guys. Right. And he's doing it. You could do it too. Just take pride in it. You okay? We're all on that. We're all on that. But I want to hear about how you grew up and like how you. It seems like you have all the skill sets, the music and the business sense and all that. And where, where? Let's find out where that came from. So we're. Did you grow? You grew up in South Jersey. Yes. And were your parents? You, so you had three kids. There were mm. three kids. You were the baby. And um, were your parents married the they, whole time? <laughs> no, no. My parents were married, and they divorced when I was five. So mm. I pretty much, you know, I was with my mom mm-hmm. for my what my 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 life. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a mama's boy. Uh huh. Uh, I got I, that. Yeah, I always I always say, you know, I. My mom is responsible for the good parts of me and uh, my dad's responsible for the bad parts and, and environment is, you know, responsible for a little bit of both. Did did you see your dad regularly growing up? No. Really? What no. what happened? Um, I don't know. He's addicted he just, to his work. I'm addicted to my work too. So he was a workaholic. He was a workaholic and you know, it is what it is. I'm a workaholic, but I I I love my friends. Mm-hmm. You know, I have an amazing daughter, Sabina, oh. who I love dearly. How old is she? She is 19. I have a oh freaking my 19 God, year old, you have a 19-year-old? a fucking 19-year-old kid. Where, where is she now? I don't know. I don't know where my kids are at. No, no where does she live? <laughs> no, she lives here. She, she lives in New York, so yeah. you see her regularly. Yeah, oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Is she into music? No, she's an artist. She's, she's into an drawing and um, animation, and her stuff is amazing. Yeah? Like, I'm a I'm, I'm straight-up fan. Is she in school? She was in school. She did a, a year at Leslie in um, oh. um, Massachusetts. Oh, nice. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Only one year. Yeah. And that's okay. That she's, is okay, especially she's nowadays. Yeah. She's busy. She's working. She's very, I never get to see her much because she's, you know. Busy. She's busy. She's working. Too she's busy a, for you. Ah, she's got a boyfriend. And she's got a boyfriend. She's yeah, got you, friends. You're like, you're like 20th on the list. Ah, yeah. I've, I've become that parent. Like, hey, what <laughs> you doing? Yeah. You want to um, go see the arcade fire? So what was that? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> so what was that 
like, like not having your dad around? Was that, how was, what was that like? Did you, was that just something that you accepted or? It was something I accepted. It was, you know, I had a real good childhood. It wasn't until, I would say later on, like late high school, where I started to realize like, you know what, this, there's some issues going on here and uh it's stemming from this and from your dad absolutely yeah, yeah. like what do you what but but like how did your mom your mom man she shout out again oh. so she she handled all that did oh, she oh, she was superwoman she really was did she yeah. ever say any like how how did she's she just didn't did she just not care i mean she must have cared but did she just like no big deal. We're just doing this, guys. Yeah, I mean, she cared and she just did all she could to make sure that I had a happy childhood, which I did. She did. You she know, did a great job. She never talked bad about my dad or that situation, you know. So if there was any like ill will I had towards the situation, it was from coming from me uh, and my uh-huh. experiences and what happened sure. to sure. me and, you know, the whole. Did, did you ever. Are you in touch? Did you ever stay in touch with him or see no, him? Not really. I saw him a few times, uh, um, post college, like maybe not a few times, like once. And uh-huh. yeah, I talked to him not a lot. Uh-huh. We kind of, uh, you know, started talking again when I remember when there was the, uh, oh God, uh, the, when, uh, the Michael Brown thing yeah. went down. And yeah. I started writing a little bit again and pieces and stuff. And my dad was like a big activist in the sixties and seventies. And I didn't really know that he was an activist. I knew them as the guy that sets up businesses and whatever type of business. And he was really successful and just really, really, really successful. And then it would all crumble and then he would do it again. You know? So he was like Sisyphus, you know? How did you you know that if you weren't living with him? Um, about the activist stuff business stuff. Oh, I found out later on, you know, I knew he was busy trying to, trying to make shit work. Mm-hmm. You know, that I and knew. what kind of, was he involved in any particular group as an activist or? Um, yeah, there were several, I just don't really remember. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's That's clips cool. and stuff on, on, uh, Oh really? You know, I, I Googled you can it. see your, you can see your, what's, do you want to tell us his name? Uh, no. Francis Warren. It's whatever. Francis yeah. Warren. Okay. We'll go look and see. What a what a young man! What a daring young man! He must you must be proud of that though, right? I'm, I'm I'm proud of what he's accomplished, and I I feel like I got a little bit of that fire, yeah, from, from him because I didn't know this until the whole Michael Brown thing, and he was like, ah, oh, you know, your dad used to do this. I'm like, why the fuck did you not tell me this? And because mm. I had, you know, I was like, man, my dad, he just wasn't around. So it was kind of like, you know, what the, what the hell, dude? And then he was like, I was afraid to tell you because I didn't know what you think of me. I'm like, this actually makes me like you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like this is, this is awesome. This is, this is good stuff. So you did know? you remember him at all? Oh yeah. Absolutely. From until you were five. Yeah. Yeah. And what, did, what, like kind of, what do you remember? Or? Ah, it was just fun. He was fun. You know, when yeah. I saw him, he was chill. It was, it was. He sounds like a real risk taker. He was like a risk taker, you know, life of the party, you know, that person that walks in and everyone's like, ooh, you know, Leopold, Mm -hmm. Leopold, you know, he was like that. that, Do you know what kind of businesses he was involved in? No, But he made money and then 
Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows yeah. Right? Yeah. So does did nothing illegal? Just you know, no. Just, yeah. yeah. So does happens. that like does did that influence you? Like did you think about him? Them? What? What was that like? Have you been in therapy? Have you talked about this? Oh, I've been in therapy, <laughs> hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been dealing. You've dealt with this issue. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. You know, life goes on. It is what it is. And I, I went through my, well, justifiably so. I went through my like, you know, how could you do this yeah. to a, to a kid? You know, yeah. If, if the kid, unless the kid was a total asshole, I don't think I was. So no. uh, <laughs> got nothing know. to do with you. You know that. Yeah, I know. I know that now. But you know when you're now. a kid, yeah, you, I know. you don't know when you're a kid. You think everything is, is your fault. Yeah. So, you know, you have to go through some kind of help or else you're just going to, mm-hmm. you know, it's it, it catches up with you. Kids are sharp. They pick up on this type of yeah. stuff. So you kind mm-hmm. of dealt, you, so you feel like you've dealt with that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I had to. Yeah. Well, well, I had to is like not everybody feels that way that's true i didn't you know do it as early as i feel like i should have maybe when did you start going into therapy i didn't start going into therapy until i moved to new york so um but it was (laughs) later on (laughs) yeah yeah when you woke up and were like fuck oh man i'm not who i thought i was you must have been really confident as a kid were you uh Musically, I was very confident. Yeah, that would give you real confidence. You know, I was a shy. Miami must have been confident. Miami later on was I was huge. I think that's where my confidence, you know, outside of music, but just me as a person, I became more confident mm-hmm. living in Miami, and I really became more confident here in New York. I think New York is kind of like the icing on on the cake that has shaped me as a person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. I understood why some people would come here and then they would leave after a couple of years. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. So you started therapy when you came to New York because things... Not in, not in the uh, beginning. It took me a long time to get to therapy. I don't think I started therapy until like uh, maybe 10, 10 years ago or something. Mm-hmm. So it's it's taking. Are you in a while. therapy now? No. When no, you I'm are not. now. This is, this is my <laughs> therapy right here. So you, so when, so you have, well, you know what? I think that your mom sounds like an amazing, talented mother. She is. Yeah. Shout out and, to mom. And I think that that can really make up for it a did. lot. She was mom and she was dad. And I had so much fun with her. Yeah. I still have fun with her. Yeah. You know, she's, she's awesome. Yeah. yeah. But I think that she probably, you know, you're a, um, re- let's say, I'm going to say you're reasonably well-adjusted, productive person, because probably you had her in your, in your corner. Definitely. And I just love music. It's just that thing. It's like, you know, that was the outlet when you didn't have therapy back in the day. You know, I would listen yeah. to the fucking cure, or, you know, a shot a and whatever mm-hmm. and these things. And when you listen to certain things or you see certain movies where you connect, where you're like, Oh, I'm not the only one who's fucked up. You're in the cure and you're fucked up too. You know, this is awesome. And you just start writing and there's something about being creative that really, really saves you mentally. Because right. you can be doing worse, and if you if you don't 
get stuff outside of your system. If you keep all that stuff inside of your brain and your stomach, oh man, years later, it's a pain in the ass. But if you do create, that's why we do this as artists. Artists are fucked up because yeah. there's stuff going on. So why not put it out there? It's better for you. You become better. It's therapeutic for you and others. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I always say that art is a relationship with something outside of yourself, but yet it is with yourself. So I do think it's like really healing. And I hear that over and over on the show, the same motivations. Yeah, absolutely. Some mm-hmm. need to, you know, just get something out. I could always throw myself into music when I was in a bad mood or if I was uh, going through something. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Or it's, just right. Right. Yeah. It's an outlet. So is a drum machine before or after your dad? The drum the drum set. Oh, the drum set was uh when my dad was around, I guess. So oh. I was like five. Oh. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. <laughs> it was maybe that's like, why it didn't have anything to do with like <laughs> maybe that's... Okay, you don't have a dad, we're getting you a drum set. That'll be fine. You'll you will never think about it. <laughs> maybe it was he left because I, I was playing drums. Maybe that's what yeah. it was. <laughs> it's like fuck this kid, man. <laughs> yeah, like I am out of here. You yeah. bought this kid out of Yeah. <laughs> so what was it like in um school? Was it did were there other kids that didn't have dads? Was that an issue for you? Uh, I you don't didn't know. think about it very much? I didn't really talk about it much. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, you don't have a dad? I don't have a dad either. Let's go play. You know, it was just, you know. Just yeah, you didn't think about it. Did kids. you have a lot of friends growing up? Uh, I did. Later on, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and how were your grades? My grades were good. I wanted my grades to be great because pretty much most of my close friends were all like A plus students. Holy shit. And I was trying to keep up with them. So I was like the A minus B plus student. <laughs> you know, that was my, that was me failing, failing up. Oh, like, wow. I so just wanted good, to get an A minus. good influences. I did then. <laughs> <laughs> and look at you now. <laughs> then I went to New York and then I was like, oh. oh. Yeah, so good. what is the biggest obstacle do you think you've had to overcome? Oh, that's a loaded question. There's or a lot one of, of answers. Them. One of them. Just pick one. Um, just one. Or any, any, any. It doesn't have to be the one. I'll, I'll, take I'll, your time. I'll think of like three, or I can okay. mention three. Mention three. One is being black and doing music that's predominantly not seen as black music later on. I could see, I can understand that. Definitely with, uh, you know, if you're not doing straight hip hop or straight R&B, sometimes they don't really know how to categorize you. Which I could see that. Makes no sense to which me. Which is stupid, but I can understand yeah, it's, that. Yeah, it's totally stupid. But uh, there's literally been stuff I, I've been told from labels that you'll just be like, what, really? And it's like, it's, I think that's very common in every field now, though. Yeah. Personalities. Yeah. You it's, know? It's, so that's one. What else? That's one. Um, money, too. Money. Money's a you know, money. Money isn't everything. There's so much you can do without money, especially now, more uh-huh. so than maybe yeah. um, early 2000s or late 90s. Right. But at that time, it was a factor for me. Uh-huh. And it still is a factor sometimes. It's just, it's not everything. And it could lead to a lot of bad shit too. Yeah, absolutely. However, if you use it wisely, it's great uh-huh. 
for certain things with promotion and publicity, you know? You're definitely ahead of the game if you have money or if you're from a family that has money. There's no question about that. We know that. Yeah. And And I would say myself, I I don't think I was as disciplined um, coming here. So I got into a lot of crazy stuff. It's cool. You party and you you have fun and that's great. But if you get too sucked into doing too much of that Uh and you're not really doing The the work, you know, there was a time I would say, you know, I was doing more drinking than I was doing uh, music. Mm-hmm. And that's not healthy. It's not a good thing. It wasn't a good thing for me. There's certain people that can drink and do all the drugs what, till whatever and still be prolific. You know, Keith Richards is still alive. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm not trying to preach more power to them, but I couldn't do that. I couldn't. Keith Richards had a lot of help and money. Is he no had a lot object. of help. He had a lot of money. You know, but still. So, so that that would you say that was your some of your twenties? I needed to, yeah. I needed to kind of get my act together. I would say uh-huh. that seems reasonable for a twenty-something musician. I think so. Tell me about um, being being what you were saying about being black and not your music isn't strictly black. Tell me about that as an obstacle. I'm curious. Well. I mean, my music is black, but it's not. Well, you you're know, black. I'm definitely black. <laughs> so but, <you> know, <laughs> whatever you make is from a black person. You know, I grew up in South Jersey, so it's kind of like, you know, these white kids. Did you grow up around white kids? I grew up all. Well, Did you grow pre- up in a white neighborhood? Uh, it's predominantly white. You know, there was black people and, and Asian people, but it was, you know. Mostly white people. Yeah, yeah. So they don't know what to do with you because you're this dude that listens to Depeche Mode and Nine Inch Nails and they're like, oh, you're trying to be white. And then it's like black kids are saying you're trying to be white because you listen to this. But it's like, you know, now it's not so bad. Everyone listens to so much, so many different different things. Now now it's not so bad, but we're talking a long time ago at this point. So we're, but you said you had a lot of friends. So I did, yeah. So were your friends black or white or Both. both? I mean, we had that. It was that was our crew. It was, and you know, it really just didn't matter. No, I remember one time. For some reason, this stays in my head. And this is a uh, again. This is South Jersey. It's it's a it's. It was, was it a middle class neighborhood? Very middle class, mm-hmm. you know. But it's boring. Ain't shit going on. You know, we go to the mall for fun. That's what we did. We would cruise around in our mm-hmm. little cars in the mall and stuff. And so one time, it was there. It was like a crew of people. You know, my my crew was like it's like you know. Black, black, white. We're all, you yeah, know, all guys. And then we see another crew, and it's like black, white. And we, we are talking in the food court in the middle of the mall, and That's these what? cops come and they're like, "Break it up, break it up!" And we're like looking at him, like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Like, we didn't know. He said, "Break it up." It's like we're not fighting you asshole. Like we're just yeah. friends. Oh, Cause they saw two races so and they saw, were like, yeah, like it was a, a big fight. It was like an even amount of black people and white people. That's and he just terrible. assumed like there was some kind of fight. And Ugh. it was just like, nah, man, we're just trying to go to the arcade. You know, I think that was the first time I realized something was like, okay, oh, this really? is a little That's weird. good. That was the first time well, that you reali- realized it, that. That's it wasn't the first. That, no. It, it was one of the first. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I think maybe having someone in a passing car, a passing car of white people start yelling at me and calling me the N-word was a big wake-up call. When did that happen? That was before that mall incident in South Jersey. That's terrible. Was uh, that upset? That must be upset. That must... It was, it was, it was confusing. 
What do you mean by that? Because, you know, you're, you're, oh, you don't understand. Well, you're not being called that and you have somebody call you that for some stupid reason. And you, you don't know? know what they mean, really. You, you know, oh, no, I knew what they meant. No, you know what they mean, but you don't know. Did you know where it was coming from? No, or no, they didn't know me. What their intention was is what I think. Yeah, just to be racist assholes. I mean, it happens. And, yeah. Uh, you know, every black person has gone through something like that. When oh people God, say that there course. is an institution, an institutionalized racism, I want to slap them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like well, it's, you it's know, there. I was talking about this the other day with somebody about, like, even now, I think, in 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 this city, I mean, black people are often uncomfortable on the subway because of the police and stuff like that. Is that true? Um, I would say so more now. Um, really? Yeah, See, more we, now. we don't even notice. I mean, it's... Yeah. We don't. It must be nice. You know, no, it's they, yeah. terrible that we're not. No, like, I can't, I don't want to take that for granted. And yeah. I want people to know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So if you see a cop on the subway, are you like. Me personally? No, I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. Yeah, and you're not a kid anymore. So. Yeah, it's a little different for me. Yeah, I, and you're nicely dressed. And, yeah, I know. It shouldn't have to be like that, but it is. But you're right. Yeah. You know, it's true. You're right. You're I right. think my, my main big racism wake up call was in Florida. Like these other things were light, but the mm-hmm. first time I had a real big one was, uh, you know, having the cop pull a gun on me, calling me the N word <gasps> again. And for no reason. And I was walking home. I'll never forget this. I was walking home. I bought my mom a Michael Bolton CD for, <laughs> for her birthday. Oh God. <laughs> you couldn't get any more white than whiter than that. So, and I was, it was like one of those nights. It's like, you know what? It's a nice night. I'm going to walk and take the scenic route home. And then it was like, and cops. And it was like, Oh, what's going on? You know, I'm not, I don't know. I've never, yeah, I'm right. not used Why to this. Would you? Yeah. And I'm not, I didn't do anything. I'm literally yeah. walking home. I'm just, like any person on the street. With a Michael Bolton. With a Michael Bolton CD. Did you show it? You should have just Oh, yeah, I showed them later. <laughs> but it was like... So yeah. what happened? Oh, it was cur- It was the first did time I... Did you talk I, them down or like what happened? Uh, I don't know about talking them down. I think uh, later on it kind of de-escalated, but uh, it was what, crazy. Well, what did they say? Did they point their gun at you? Oh, I was thrown up against the hood. Oh, my God. And they were yelling and it was like... And, it was like the shut up or we're going to shoot you. And I've never seen a gun in my, well, I did see a gun once before then, but yeah. to see that and to have that happen and someone pull a gun yeah. and you're like, Oh, here we go. This is it. I'm going to be the next, you know, yeah. Michael Brown or whatever yeah, over something. That, of people. So it's an awful, it's an awful, awful thing it is. to go through. It you know, is. your whole mind is like, Oh, you're going to die. You see your yeah. whole life. In front of you, you know, behind, you know, whatever. You you go through all that. You got mugged. Oh, it's crazy. It's a mugging. Yeah. Absolutely a mugging. Did you talk to your mom about it? Oh, yeah. I told told everybody. I wasn't silent about it. I was scared um, maybe the first day and then afterwards it was like, no. And it was basically like, oh, there was a a black guy who robbed robbed an old lady. Is that what they said? (laughs) That's what they said. And then I just... You know, I was scared. I was scared for my life. Then I got pissed. I'm like, well, something just clicked in my head. Like, all right, maybe I am going to die. So if I'm going to go out, I'm like, I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, can you describe the black guy? And then did he have dreads? Did he have a jerry curl? Did he have an afro? Was it a guy? Was it a girl? What clothes? What shoes? I just went off. 
presence of mind impressive. It was one of those. And so what happened? I'm so glad you, you were able to like think that and call them out. That's awesome. And what, yeah, how did they yeah. respond? I don't, I don't, I don't recommend doing that, but, uh, he was like, Oh, the guy was wearing dark clothing and I had a white shirt on and I had like, a something like some pastel shorts and I just looked at my clothes and I looked at them and put my hands up like, bro, you know? uh-huh. and did they let you go? They let me go after like about 45 minutes. Yeah. 45 minutes. He's not the guy. And Were then they I was apologetic? like, That's it. Oh God, no, it was like, it's not him. And then everyone got in their car and it just oh, took God. off. So it, awful. Oh, it, it definitely so awful. Uh, and we know that that's happening all the time. It's just, it yeah. happens a lot. Oh, so do you feel like that in New York very often? No, it's really interesting. I feel more comfortable here than I did there and, and maybe other places in the United States. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, you feel I, com- yeah, I mean, you feel comfortable here? Like, I pretty much? do. I'm glad to hear that. I do. I'm I've, really glad to hear that. You know, the, the cop experiences I've had here. <laughs> I remember 9-11 and I was mm-hmm. here for 9-11 and, uh, I lived in Jersey City at that time. So I was happy to be in Jersey City during that time. I bet. And it took me a long time to come to New York. I, I wasn't in a rush. I was yeah. nervous. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I would have yeah. my friends. Everybody wanted to see me during that time. They were coming from New York oh, and yeah. visiting me. So one time I was like, all right, this is it. I'm, I'm ready to go to Ground Zero. And it was me and another another brother. And we got out of the subway on 14th and 6th out of, off the PATH train. And uh, he was just walking around looking at New York and like, this is so weird. It looks so different. And it's starting to get dark. And these two cops come and like, hey, hey. And we're both, we both like have like long dreads. Oh, and, okay. You know, I had the leather jacket and I was all like punked out. Yeah. And he had yeah. long, long dreads. And we were just like, oh, fuck, here we go. Like, this is it. And they're like yelling at us like, yo, yo. And they come up to us like, are you guys okay? It's getting dark out here. You know, it's like you shouldn't be around. And we're like, oh man, we're, we're okay. We're, we're cool. Uh, but there was something about that period. I would say being here around 9-11 and being here during the pandemic, uh-huh. there's something about New York where people had that sense of unity. Yeah. That sense of, oh, we are yeah. All in something together, despite yeah. our differences. So you're saying the cops were actually showing concern oh, for you. Awesome. They were worried about you. Yeah, yeah. Genuinely oh, so. That's so cool. Yeah, so, it's really like the whole policeman thing in this country is just, I mean, there are, being a cop is a, I mean, there's a lot of respectable cops. It's absolutely. a really hard I have job. It's a really important job. And, um, well, America's got so many problems right oh, now. Yeah, big time. It's a crazy, yeah. It's a crazy, crazy time. Right so we've here. got five minutes left. We got three minutes for one more song. So should we? I wanted to ask you about your girlfriend. Let's see if we can do that really quick. <laughs> so you're dating cops somebody, to girlfriend, right? <laughs> We're gonna give it a minute. We're gonna. You're you're dating somebody, right? Yes. And yes. Who, who? Tell us about it if you can. <laughs> she lives in Canada. She lives in uh, Vancouver. A long distance relationship. Yes, yes, yes. And and uh, how long have you been dating her? Um, almost two years. And do you think you're ever going to wind up in the same city? Um, that would be great. I would love that. Yes. But she'd have to move here. 
Or I'd have to move there. Would you do it? Yeah. I love Canada. Are you thinking about it? I don't know. How long have you have you spent? I don't know. I don't know. We don't have enough time to talk about whether this is an intimacy problem. I'm always suspicious. No, no. Of long I would, distance relationships. I, I, I was suspicious too because I would get into them with with the in, intimacy issue. And then after the last one, I was like, I'm never, ever going to do that again. Oh, so you've had this experience. Yes, several times. But uh, How did you meet her? I met her online. I was doing press for an album I had called Kumi. And this is like mm-hmm. maybe 2019, mm-hmm. I think, 2018. I can't remember. But uh, around that time, and I had a publicist who was awful. And basically, I just took whatever I could get from this publicist. And he's like, oh, you had this interview with this blog. And I'm like, oh, man, sure, whatever. I, I don't care. And um, what did we use back then? Skype? Oh, wow. <laughs> and you met her on Skype? Yeah, she was interviewing me. And, mm-hmm. it was like, and then you went out on, I'm going to have to cut you short. You yeah. went out on a date? No, no, we were just, we just. You never friends. went out. Have you gone out on a date with her since? Have you ever gotten out on a date? No, we never. No, oh, yes, we, yes, we have. <laughs> okay, yes. good. I'm going to have, because I want to play some more of your, I want to play the song um, Mainstay. Uh, but I just want to tell everybody, thanks so much for listening to. Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit on Radio Free Brooklyn. Please check us out at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. And don't forget to check out black dot, well, BlackEmoji.com and on Instagram at Black.Emoji. Okay, mainstay. Want to give us like two seconds what this is about? Uh, mainstay is just being there. For somebody as to Being sum up somebody's person yeah to sum up everything it's always you know there's always going to be well, not always but if you have people that are going to have your back always rely on rely on them don't take that for granted though i can't read lines of revision skeptical with reason truth behind the screen damage from the lie for Four times the charm, you got five more thighs to go. I don't fuck up, tangle bone to analyze. Capture future, hypnotize, prevent the next mistake. Then the minds of those who soon occupy, erase.